happy to be back in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It's always good to be in here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. We're going to start. Get our minds on the Lord. Let's bind together. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for this great salvation. Lord, for your mercies, for your grace, for your loving kindnesses, for your faithfulness unto us, Lord. Father, I ask you that you would look down upon us, that you would give us grace in your sight. And Lord, as we are gathered here together, Lord, that you would begin to minister to each and every one of us. Father, you know our hearts, you know our thoughts. You know everything about our being, Lord, and I pray, minister, Father. Minister unto us, O God. Help us, Lord, that we can see, Lord, the need for us to lean upon you, Lord, to put our trust in you, to seek you, Lord. Amen, Lord, in sincerity and truth. I pray, Lord, have your way, O God. Amen, Jesus. Pour out your Spirit upon us. Quicken us, lift us up, O oh God, that we can abide with you in your presence. Amen. Strengthen us, renew us, restore us. O oh God, in Jesus' name, Lord, let your spirit lead us and guide us into all truth tonight, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would impart, Father, wisdom and knowledge to us, understanding, God, of your holy word. Bless us, O oh Father. Amen, Lord. And we pray for those, God, who are in need right now, Lord. I pray for Sister Walker. I pray for Sister Betty, Lord. I pray for all those, God, who are afflicted, Lord. Sister Marquita, her family. Amen, Lord. And all those, Father, who are absent, Lord. I pray, God, for their needs. And I pray that you would reach out, that you would touch, oh God, that you would minister, that you would strengthen, that you would make whole, Father. Thank you for that promise, oh God, that we have, oh Lord. In your word, O oh God. And I pray that you would bind us together, Lord, in this place. Let us be of one mind and let us be of one spirit. In one accord, Lord, together in this place. Amen. Bless us, Lord. Our worship, our praise, O oh God, in this place. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord. Let it be done. Amen. In Jesus' name. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap.
hand and give the Lord some praise. Give him a hand clap. Amen. into his presence feel what we feel in here and that's one thing I can say about the Lord he's always faithful yes. never lets us down and his presence is always amen just feeling this place amen. moving in this place that's right and all we have to do is just come in and just allow him to minister to us. And I hope sometimes overwhelm you. Yes. Amen. Because we need to be overwhelmed. Amen. We're overwhelmed by a lot of things. Yes. It's good to be overwhelmed by his presence. I mean, you can't help but lift your hands when you That's right. feel the presence of God in here. It's just like, hallelujah. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience. Beautiful experience. Amen. I thank God that we know Him and we have Him in this day and this hour that we are living in. Take nothing for granted. Don't take your salvation for granted. As the writer in Hebrew said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Amen. How shall we escape? Amen. No way. We cannot, we will not make it if we neglect Him. Yes. If we neglect Him. Praise God. So I want to do what I can. I want to keep that candlestick lighted. Amen. I want to keep my vessel full Amen. of that oil. Yes. I don't want to let that light burn out. I don't want to lose my zeal. That's right. Amen. My fire. I don't want to lose any of that. I don't want to lose my love for him. Praise God. I want it just to Amen. Just to continue to Increase and abound in me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But surely he is good. Worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord. I want to turn your attention back to the book of Psalms again. I don't mean to be redundant. But there's times we have to. I know... 
we didn't have as big as a crowd last week as we have tonight, so I just want to maybe go back and touch a few things. Maybe more than a few, I don't know. Lord willing, can't help but feel the burden I feel in the spirit for things like this, for, for what we are going to, uh, as far as dig into in the Word of God, I mean, it's really necessary, and I, and I, and I know this, that, uh, uh, by the way, uh, before I get started, I almost forgot, uh, I've been praying about something, and, uh, and I know something, I, I'm just, I want to address, how can I say it? Some concerns, and I want to address some issues, and maybe even questions. And what I, what I feel to do, and 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 I and one morning as I was praying, the Lord uh, spoke to me about, you know, the congregation, this congregation, and gave me understanding of, you know, what presides on a lot of your in your hearts and, and your thoughts. And I was just amazed. I said, okay. I said, well, Lord, I need to, I need to somehow make a connection with everybody. I mean, I can't pull everybody into my office one by one and, you know, have a discussion with you. No, right away, don't feel like, uh, oh, no, pastors. <laughs> Pastor's gonna point his finger at me, and that's really not it. So you can take a good, a good breath of relief. <laughs> but uh, I'm praying about when to do it. It's gonna be on a Friday evening, and it's just gonna be the parents, all the adults. Parents, the couples, minus your your little ones, and hopefully you can find a babysitter, sitter, arrange something as far as a babysitter. We might have to work something up, but this is important. This is important, and I just want to sit down and we'll have some uh, beverages and we'll have some maybe some snacks, and we'll sit down and and I I want to address a lot of the things that the Lord has showed me. And I want to open it up for anybody that has a concern or an issue or there's something you do not understand. Because as a pastor, I want you to be able to understand what we, what we believe and even the way we live as far as our conviction is concerned. I get that sometimes it comes back around me. It's not directly to me, but I get a, I get just a little bit of it that sometimes there's some things that people are talking about. Are, I'm, not, I'm not, when I mean talking, I'm not meaning gossiping. I mean, they have some questions and they, they're uncertain about certain things. So I want to be able to somehow, and, I, and I'll let you know, I do not know everything. I do not know a, a lot of things. There's some things I am ignorant of, but whatever you have, whatever it is, I want to be able to address it. I want to be able to 
answer, whatever it is, or give you, hopefully give you an answer, or resolve some kind of issue or question that you have in here. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I'll announce that. Lord willing, by Sunday I'll announce it. I just been praying on the right day because we have lunch sale coming up here soon again. So I want to make sure I... And, and, and this is important now. Those of you that really want to be involved in the work of God, in your salvation, in this body, in this congregation, you need to be there. And, and I'll give you enough time where you can prepare, you can make time, you can put it on your schedule and say, okay, I want to be there. And you young adults, you're, you're invited to that too. Single, not all the couples, but single. Praise God. I just feel like we just need to do that. Praise God, because there's always... There's always a question or there's always a concern or there's always an issue that somebody has and praise God and it just kind of seems to go around and amen. I just want to make sure everybody in here is at least informed and knows. Is that okay? Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. That's what I want to do. I, I almost forgot that. But we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I think that's important. Yeah. Men's men's group, we sit together. It's it's uh, uh, how could I say? It's informal. And and we, we you know there's times we get into the scriptures. There's times we talk about other things, other topics that we discuss. And sometimes you know it does get personal. Sometimes doesn't it, brother? <laughs> we have issues that come up. Somebody has a concern, we bring it up, and we do. We get pretty personal, which is good. We need to get personal. In, in a way that we can, you know, edify one another. Amen. And uh, so that's just kind of what I feel uh, about this. Uh, um, I don't want anybody to have a sh one shadow of a doubt concerning, you know, what, what you believe. I, let me tell you something, and we're going to all find that out. If you read your Bible enough, and if you have figured it out by now, <clears throat> you're going to find out that's the ministry's task is to bring the body into what he said, into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. <laughs> unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the fullness of Christ. That's what Paul said, didn't he? So that's kind of our goal and that's the direction we're headed. So, amen. Praise God. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It gets kind of quiet in here sometimes. Praise God. We need to understand that there's times, and I can tell you that I go through it very often. There's not one of us in here that's exempt from temptation, from persecution, from trials, from afflictions from infirmities, you name it, from tribulation. When the, when the enemy, you know, is... And his one job, his one task, is to somehow try to stop you dead in your tracks. Your movement, your efforts to seek God and live for Him. Not one of us are exempt from that. We all face it. We all are 
you know, we're open to his attacks, whatever, however they might be, however they might come. So we're all in this together. Remember that. You're not by yourself. We're all in this together. We all face the same things. But he's given us power to overcome. Greater is he that is in you, in me, than he that is in the world. Let the word of God settle it for you. Yes. Greater is he. Greater is the... How many of you have the Holy Ghost? Amen. How many of you have spoken in tongues? Yes. So greater is that power yeah. in you than yeah. he that is in the Amen. world. That's yeah. right. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's a fact. That's a yes. truth. That's, what's ha- that's what God has given us in the Holy Ghost. Yes. That's why he said that... Uh, Amen. Amen. Ye shall be endued with power from on high. It's just getting to the point of recognizing that's what God has given us. Praise God. Amen. Well, let's get back to Psalms 127. I heard something interesting on the news a couple of today's Wednesday. This was uh, Monday. I was disturbed by it. There's once in a while I'll get on, you know, the... Uh, YouTube and I'll check the news out just to check on current events and stuff and I, I, I've been kind of backed off from it lately but Monday I thought well maybe it's time for me to take a peek into what's going on so I did and first thing I got on and I was thinking oh man this is a terrible world we're living in yes. nothing but helter skelter yes. nothing but uh, nothing but chaos yes. wars and rumors of war yeah. Mankind is this. Let me say. Let me say this. Mankind is insane. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bunch of, bunch of crazy people at yes. the helm. Yes. That don't yeah. need to be there. Right. Amen. Out of their minds. Amen. That's the only thing I can say. Praise God. And so this is what I heard. This is what they're trying to do. Whatever they call it, the the far left. This is what they're trying to do. Uh, And and there's another term they call it, uh, the deep state. This is their agenda, and they have been doing this very uh, subtly. We're being, we're being led into it, and we don't even realize it. Right. Amen. That's the truth. truth. Some of you are distracted and you don't see what's going on. Let me tell you something. It's terrible. Yes. So this is what they're doing. They're objective and they started out. They started this when Biden took office back in 2020. Man, I almost forgot the year. (laughs) But this is their objective. Now listen to this. The agenda, and I'm quoting this, the agenda of the far left is to eliminate the Constitution of the United States of America. Yes, that is yep. correct. Amen. Yep. That's right. That's right. Okay? That's not all. They want to eliminate our military forces. They want to eliminate certain institutions. Now, when I say institution, I'm talking about organizations, 
that play a, a good major role as far as, you know, trying to address a lot of the social, uh, uh, how would I say, directives of our country, okay? Let me, let me give you an example. Institutions, organizations. Uh, one of them is churches. Other organizations that somehow would uh, address that minister to people to strengthen society and strengthen families. So they want to eliminate all these institutions, okay? Now, and, and listen to this, last but not least, you know what they want to do? They want to eliminate the family unit. Yes. Yes. They're doing a good job. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Because nobody, you know, their definition of a family is not what the real definition of a family should be. So that is something that, and, and you might say, well, what does that have to do with me, Pastor? You know what? It's threatening your way of life. Yes. Yep. Threatening your way of life, my way of life. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're in the crosshairs, as I said last week. We're the target, whether you realize it or not. We're the target. You know why? We believe in traditional marriage. Yep. Yes. Yep. We believe in the traditional institution of the family. Yes. So we're the target. You know what? They don't want us to, to you know, be, you know, they, we're, we're uh, an insult to their, to their values. Why? Because when I say traditional family, I mean the, you know, the, the, the marriage of a man mm -hmm. and a woman. Yep, a biological man and a biological woman. And then, of course, because of that union, guess what? Here comes the family. A family that is obviously comes because of the work of procreation. Uh, you know, and I just want, I want, I want you to understand that. that. To me, that was, for whatever reason, that bothered me, troubled me. Because we don't realize that we are being threatened. Yes. We are being threatened. Even you being a husband yep. or a wife, yep. your role that you want to fulfill yep. is being threatened. Mm -hmm. And our children, look what they're doing to our children. Yes. They're starting this indoctrination really early. Our public schools and our learning institutions are indoctrinating our young people, our youth. And they want them to believe that there is another lifestyle that they can live. Nope. So, Psalms 127 Verse number one, we started there last week. Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Verse number three, lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. 
As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. This is interesting. Happy is a man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. That is really interesting. And I know a lot of people probably ask the question, what is he speaking about? What is the meaning of that? When they can compare the family, the, the children, and they could, the Bible describes them as arrows in the hand of a mighty man. So are children of the youth. My. Our, our children do have a purpose. Believe it or not. And, and goes on to say, Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So, uh, I want you to understand something. We'll, we'll, I'm going to address this here in a few moments here, but listen to this. I want you to understand. And I pray that God would open your eyes and enlighten you and give you understanding concerning concerning your role as a parent, as a mother, as a father, and even your role as children in the family. Praise God. Amen. Because God does have a purpose and God does have a plan. Okay? So he says, and uh, let, me, let me run this by you again when he talked about that word, children are in heritage. Children are in heritage, that means there is something that we inherit being parents. We inherit them. And they're given to us they're given to us. They're an inheritance. They're given to us. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to occupy our time. Now, all of you parents in here know this, that children do occupy your time. I guarantee you, if any of you mothers and fathers, before you ever even procreated, and if you, would, if you would have realized, if you had some hindsight, if you would have realized how much work and time your family was going to be, I guarantee you, you wouldn't have been so anxious to start having children. Is everybody listening? All you young people, listen. Pay attention. We probably would have waited. Well, there's, there's, there is such a thing as Planned Parenthood. <laughs> the right way, though. So you see that. But here's the thing. We come together. All you couples that already have children... And then you younger couples that don't have children yet. Think about this. We come together. This is the way the Lord structured the family. This is how it started out. Let me tell you something. 
Let, let me share something with you young, young, young people. Everybody look at me. Everybody pay attention. Open up your ears. Let me tell you something. You probably maybe have figured this out already. But you did not have, you did not have the power to choose who your parents were and are. You were just born. You're a product of them. They're not a product of you. You're a product of them. You couldn't say, this is who I want to be, my daddy. And this is who I want to be, my mama. You didn't have that. Because guess what? You were a product of them. So you might as well accept. You might as well accept where you are right now. And the life that you have been given. And not question, because obviously, this was God's will. Okay? This is reality. This is truth. Let go of the, you know, all the hype of the world. All that entertainment stuff. Let it go. That's not truth. That's just something just to get you, you know, charge you up and yeah. Yeah. And and guess what? There's nothing truthful about it. Nothing. Praise nah. God. Thank God that we understand that. Yes. So so we see that. But I want you to I want you to see something here. Except the Lord build the house. Except the Lord build the house. Let me say it again. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. It is futile for us to think we can try to build without God. Hmm? He is the one that created the family. He's the one that created male and female. And as a result, here come the children. He is the one that created the structure of the family. He is the one that put everything in place. There is a obviously a plan. Or can I, can I say this? There is a, a plan that he has uh, put in place for us to follow. There is a mold. For a father, there is a mold for a mother, right. and obviously there is a mold for a child. Right. Amen. He's put the, all this, a template Amen. for right. everything. Right. Amen. So as long as we stay within the framework of that template, guess what? And guess what? He's the reason why that template is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, me, let me just say this another way. He is the template. Yeah. 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 So it's futile for for us to think that we can accomplish anything without the help of God. Amen. Now, bearing children is a divine gift. Bearing children is a divine gift. I'm going to get into some intricate things. And when you think about it, here, here, is, here is the meaning when the writer said, having a quiver full. And this involves 
This involves the parents. This involves, amen, your responsibility and your obligation as a father and as a mother. For those of you that don't understand that term, I'll say, as the baby daddy. Um. <laughs> and as the baby mama. This is something that, this is, this is how we, this is really the, let me say it this way, the correct way to approach building and having a family. Yes. Amen. Amen. Somebody might say, well, it might be a little bit too late now. No, it's not. <laughs> because if we're running into all kinds of struggles and obstacles and we don't know what to do we're uncertain we're just we've got questions and, and how many of you ever asked this question how do how am i supposed to parent yeah. <laughs> how am i supposed to handle this situation yeah. huh kind of you, you're you're without any kind of you know any kind of remedy or you just don't know what to do so you throw your your hands up in there in frustration. You go, ah. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> well, you produce them. <laughs> you produce them. So they're your responsibility. Your responsibility. Amen. Okay. So you think about that. Remember, as I said before, this is this is God's plan. So having a quiverful, this so when we when we allow the Lord to give us the insight and the wisdom to parent our children. Now let me tell you something. Let, let me go back just a little bit. Let me address some things, okay? What does the Bible say in the beginning that when God created man, he created him male and female? Is, is, is that what the word says? Right. Am I reading that? Am I, am I misreading something? So it says, He created them male and female. I'm going to read, I'm going to read that scripture verse just to read it. Just to go there. And, and it says, And God said in, in verse 26 of chapter 1 of Genesis, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Did you see that? Yes. After our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So man was supposed to be the monarch, the ruler of this world. So God created, in verse 27, man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish, over the fowl, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So we see that. He created them male and female, but he created them in his likeness. So obviously through this special act of creation, God put some, amen, 
qualities in man. God put understanding in man. And if he used, if he said, it, if it was in his likeness, obviously he used a little bit of his character, his divine nature, and he imparted that knowledge into the mind and spirit of man. Of course, the first man was who? Did you know that Adam was created full grown? Right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know what age he started out on, but he was created full grown. He was the biggest one year old I've ever seen. <laughs> he was created with all his faculties, his ability to think. His ability to basically uh, evaluate, feel, and move. Wow. So, obviously, he had a little bit of God's nature in him. Why? He said he created them in his likeness. Mm -hmm. After his, so, here's that thing. Now, pay attention now. I want you to pay attention. So, obviously, there was that little part that God put in man. That related to him. I want to run this by you again. I just feel the need to. We have all these intellectualists, all these specialists, try to tell us what life is all about and how we're supposed to go about. But you know, they do not understand. They're, they're off. They have no idea. I'm saying that. Because they're approaching it intellectually. Yes. They're not approaching it spiritually. You know why I say that? Because we are not just an intellectual being. We are a spiritual being. So God put it in us when he created us. He put it in us. He created that. He created the capacity for us to operate and live in that nature. The nature of a human being. But always remember, we're connected to him because we're created after his likeness. Okay, I'm getting somewhere now. Just hold on. Okay, so here's the thing. Who was the first one who was the first human being on this planet? Adam. He was the first human being on this planet. The Lord took a, a bunch of clay or dirt, formed it into a human body and breathed into it. And the Bible says man became a living soul. <coughs> so he became a living soul. And, and, and then, before, before Eve ever came along, <clears throat> we see that, um, we see that in, in, in Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse number 18, if you want to go back there, just, just momentarily, and it says this in, in 
And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. So it's not good for him to be alone. I'm going to make him and help me. And then he goes down into verse number 21. And here we, hear, here we see what happens. Here's the, the specifics about what's going to happen here. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh there the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the lord god had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man and adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So remember, the Lord created Adam out of the dust of the earth, and God made woman out of the rib, a rib of Adam. And so she was called woman because she was taken out of man. Adam was first, Eve was second. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh and they were both naked and the man and his wife and were not ashamed. So on and so on and so on. So here we see this. We see, you know, what Paul is talking about. Paul mentions this. He mentions this and he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 13 and 15. He says, For Adam was first born, then Eve. Okay, that was the order of creation. Everybody say order of creation. Order of creation. Adam was first born, then Eve. So because of what happened there, because of what happened, what took place in the garden of Eve. Now let me tell you something. If you study the word enough, you're going to find out that everything that took place in the garden of Eve and coming down to what happened after Eve ate of the fruit and Adam ate of it, things changed. So the way that the Lord resolved it was this. They were evicted from Eden and they were sent out. And there they were. And of course, we all know the story. He meets out the judgment. But let me tell you something. Everything that happened that day had to do with the fall of Adam and Eve. So God meted out the judgment, not just for them, but for the whole world. So the judgment that was meted out was everything that was put in place for the whole world from that time up until now. That was the precedence. Even in creation. So that's why things are the way they are right now. God has never changed what took place. We're still following that order. Oh man, this is beautiful. If I can really get into some of the intricate detail, we are later on. Let me tell you something. This is beautiful, what God does. This is a type, not just of the relationship you know, between Adam and Eve and the family, but this is a type of, amen, Christ and the church. Yes, right. Yeah. Amen. 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 And so we see that the precedent was set. 
So everything right now follows that precedent in this world. The whole creation follows that precedent. So we see that. Okay, so he says that, uh, notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness and, and all that. Uh, and here, here's, here's something. Here's, and I don't want to embarrass anybody. Because we get kind of, and I, I don't know about, I don't know about you, 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 you men, you gentlemen. <laughs> and you ladies, we start talking about personal things. We talk about, per, uh, you know, uh, we start talking about intimate things right away. A little blush comes up. <laughs> Put your face down. That little shy smile. Praise God. You go back, you go back into the book of Genesis. Go, go to the book of Genesis chapter 4. Read this. In verse number 1. The Bible says, and Adam knew Eve, his wife. Adam knew Eve, his wife. If you're taking notes, underline knew. He knew her. And she conceived and bare Cain. And said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So when it uses the word knew, to know, it's talking about an intimate, an intimate connection that is made. Now, I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I, I'm not here to embarrass every, anybody, but I want you to understand this. Because we see the relationship that we have as men and as women, as husbands and wives. The majority of us probably never really understood the whole purpose of that relationship and the whole purpose of procreation. We never had that understanding. But remember, God is the one that created it. God is the one that instituted it. He's the one that put it in place. So the relationship obviously has to be do this. Now, pay attention, everybody. When, when you come together, and as the Bible says that, therefore shall a man leave his what, family, his father, his mother, and cleave unto his wife. Right. Right. There's a point where you come, when you come to that age where you're mature enough and you're, you're going out and you're going to start a family on your own. You're going to leave, you know, the vicinity of your family, and you're going to go find that person, that female, that you, obviously, that the Lord is going to lead you to. And so when that happens, guess what? That involves, now pay attention, it should involve Your heart. 
Not your mind. Not your flesh. I guarantee you, if I had the statistics, I would let you know. I have a book, but I believe it's somewhere around 68 or 69 percent of marriages that start off. Guess how they start off? They don't start off with with that intimate relationship, that feeling, that the love. You know what they start off with? They start off with that with with, with the carnal desire, with lust. That is how they just want to fulfill that. It's in our genetic makeup. When we go into puberty, everything just seems to go haywire. Comes alive. You all know that. I'm trying, not trying to embarrass everybody. So right away, everybody. I got to go find somebody. No, you don't. Get your... Get those feelings under submission. Because guess what? You're going to end up with somebody that you don't want to be with. Right. And all you wanted to Amen. do was have that little flea. Yep. Then you say, wow, how did I get myself in this mess? Right. Amen. And then that's the reason why there's a lot of divorce. Yes. That's right. Amen. Illegitimate children. Yes. Amen. Ooh, I'm talking to you. Or I should yes. say the Lord's talking to you. Amen. So when he said he knew her, it was intimate. Okay, listen to this. It was intimate. The Hebrew says intimate, to know, to see, and to know. To see and to know. Now listen to this. Listen to this. By designation. What does that mean? Well, obviously, we're humans. We have our human desires, our human will. But we need to learn how to realize that we are not to let that be our guide. If anything, we have to think. We have to pray. So when you think and pray, guess what's going to happen? By designation. God is going to lead you. Yes. Amen. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. By designation. So as a result, guess what? That's how procreation happens. By that designation. Okay. That's, that's God's order. Male and female. Procreation, when you have that intimate relationship. Now, pay attention now. This is, this is amazing. This goes, and I hope it, it doesn't overwhelm your mind, but this goes deep into the very core of our being because we're created in God's likeness. And so, because of that, what happens there? We should be alert or we should be open to those feelings that we feel inside those deep feelings we feel inside our being those should be the very things that guide us that lead us instead of our lust and our lustful desires 
Okay, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so here's the thing. God puts that in us. God puts that in us. And so that's the way it happens. We do it because that's God's design. God designed a family to be built like that. Starts out with the father and the mother, the man and the wife, and then they become, you start out to be a man and a wife. Now here, 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 now is everybody paying attention now? Pay attention now, listen to this. When is a marriage consummated? Okay. Does everybody know what I'm saying? Everybody understand what I'm saying? Do you want me to explain? How many want me to explain? Marriage is consummated. In other words, marriage is official when the man and woman come together and they they engage in love and sex. That's what consummates the marriage. That's what finalizes it. Yes. Amen. You ever wonder why the writer of Hebrews said this in Hebrews chapter 13? He said, the marriage is holy and the bed is undefiled. Right. Whoremongers, yeah. did he say that? Yeah. And adulterers, God hates. Right. In other words, when you come together, you're to come together. You're to be one flesh. Yes. You're to be with that one person. I'll share it with you. Remember, this is just, if you didn't take this note, I'll share it with you again. Fornication is premarital sex. Adultery is sex with another person who is married. That is not your wife or not your husband. Okay? And so that's the way that God ordained. He designed it that way so that the family can be able to function. Function properly. Because when you do things out of God's order, that's when the trouble starts. That's right, man. <laughs> that's when all the insanity begins. That's the truth. Okay, now let me get, let me, now, so when that happens, when man and woman come together, guess what? There's nothing wrong with sex. You, you mentioned sex in some place. They go, ooh, don't say that word. It's not a bad word. There's nothing wrong with sex. As long as you have it with your wife and your husband. But if you have it with anybody else, it's wrong. People just want to, you know, hide when they hear about that. That's not evil. That's a, that's a beautiful way of a man for a man and woman yes. to get together yes. and to be intimate. Yes. It's not an evil. People go, oh, don't talk about it. <laughs> Sex isn't bad as long as with your husband and with your wife. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So you look at that. Okay, now. So when it happens, when they come together... Like the Bible says, Adam knew his wife 
And she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Now this is beautiful in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew it states this now. In the Hebrew when it talks about Eve making this statement, I have gotten a man from the Lord. What she's saying by when she says, I have gotten a man from the Lord. In other words, she's saying, I am working with the, God's plan for my life. I'm working with God. This is His plan. Amen. Amen. That's right. Okay, so here's what happens. I shared the story with you, and when I became a daddy, my firstborn was Stephanie. Delmer and I were out in EPT, Wyoming, rodeoing. Then we found out Stephanie was born, so. He said, get home. You're a daddy. So we got home. When I went down to the seat where she was, Sister Betty brings her out to me and she has her wrapped up, receiving blanket. She says, here's your daughter. Put her in my hands and there I was. So when I opened up that blanket and I seen those little eyes, I ooh, boy, I tell you what. Yeah. Here's, here's a, tough cowboy hmm? thinking he was a a macho man when I seen that little baby and holding that little baby it was just like oh man almost uh, you know I probably would have fainted if I would have just it's just like oh man I felt something I felt that what God puts into every father and every mother. That relationship, that connection, because that's your offspring. I felt that. I thought, wow. It's just like I just, my knees were almost, you know, like, almost buckle. Why? Because, man, he was precious little life there was. And it's like, man. You've got to do something, boy. You've got to straighten up. You've got to be responsible. You've got a little girl. You know what that's called? That's called instinct. Parental instinct. There's two things that happen when we become parents. Because of the relationship we have. And when a woman conceives and has a, a baby, then, you know, the whole process of that family being, you know, expanded. A child coming into the world because of your love for one another. Because of the process of procreation. Guess what happens? Remember, God put it in us. God put it in us. That's what's built into this framework of marriage and family. God put it in us. So it becomes, it's innate. It's innate. It's something we're born with. It's something that comes to us naturally as parents. We begin to feel that to care, to nurture that child. 
We become emotional. That's what happened to me. Became emotional. It's like, wow. If, if, you, if you fathers don't have any kind of feelings for your children, there's right. something wrong with you. Right. Likewise, you mothers. If you don't have any feelings for your children, if you're really not connected to them in that sense, there's something wrong with you. Instinct, okay? Innate means something that is inborn. It's given to us. That's what God put in us. It's natural. should come natural to us. The whole process. Instinct means this. Listen to this. A natural propensity or skill of a specified kind. So that when we see the birth of our children, guess what? We as parents, we're going to gravitate toward their care. For taking care of them. For parenting them. That's what God put in us. I always remember my dad saying, you think you're man enough to make a baby, you better be man enough to take care of it. <laughs> For whatever reason, like I said, I don't know if my dad was a prophet because he said some things that at the time it didn't make sense, but after a while it was just like the sunk in. You go, what in the world? What are you talking about? Yeah, that's right. right. Better be man enough. In today's world, these guys that are think they're men, oh, I can go out there and I, I'm going to make yeah. a bunch of babies. That's not a man. No, it is not. Nope. If you want to be a man, raise all them babies. That's right. Fulfill your role as a father. Right. And marry, because that's God's plan. Amen. Oh, wow. Just one. Am I making any sense? Amen. So as a result, here's what happens. Now this, I'm talking about family structure. I'm talking about what takes place in that, in that place of family structure. All the emotions, all the feelings that you and I have. Remember, we have emotions. We have feelings. We're connected to it. Our heart, our mind, our spirit, we're connected to it. We feel it. We all know that, don't we? We have different emotions and different feelings. We're all connected. That's God. That's what God put in us. But here's the thing. He put it in us so that we can be able to experience it on a positive note. Be happy. And this world is, is totally different. I don't mean to deviate from what I'm trying to say, but this world is different. People just want to go out and have sex. Yep, that's it. <laughs> it's all they want to do. Abusing. Oh, I'll get into that later. Oh, man, I tell you what. So, as a result, guess what happens? You know what is, you know what comes to life in us? Because God put this together that way. That was his structure. That was his plan. Guess what? Obviously, God instilled that in us. Because we're created in his image. So you know what we do? 
<clears throat> we, we, we know, we feel what, what that love is. First of all, his love, his agape love, his unconditional love, we feel that. So as a result, and then when we come together and we come together in a relationship, and then what happens when we, when we have children, when there's procreation taking place, guess what happens? As parents, we begin to understand that agape love takes us to another kind of love. And the agape love between a man and woman, when they come together, it's called, in the Greek, it's called eros, the love between a man and a woman. So we experience that. That's the, that's the start of that. And so as a result of that agape and eros love, we come to what, what they call storge. That kind of love is what happens when the two parents get to come together, you produce heirs, you produce children, so you have that love for your children. Storge love. It's the love between parents and their children. That's the process. These little guys. They didn't ask to be born into this world. They didn't have a choice. So it's really important for us to understand that. Here's the part. In, in, in order for us to fulfill our responsibility and obligation as parents, as a father and as a mother, here's, here's the sad thing about this. Nobody, uh, let me retract that. A lot of parents, don't fulfill that role in their children's lives. To learn how to parent. Take on that task of raising your raising your children. I'm glad I had some good parents. I'm glad I had some good grandparents, both sides. Because guess what? Without realizing it, all the years I was around them, all the years that I was came into contact with them, I, I picked up some things from them, the way they were, the way they interacted with us, the things they said to us, the things they put in place, especially my parents. It was like, wow, guess what? I'm glad. Yeah, and obviously they weren't perfect, but at least, at least, they taught us how to take care of our families. We had that example. We learned by experience. Proverbs chapter 1, if you want to go there, Proverbs chapter 1, and uh, let me see here. Proverbs chapter 1, we'll start with verse number 8, I think it is. 
Well, let's, let's back up a, a verse. Let's go back up to verse number 7. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wow. So he says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Wow. Talk about a beautiful exhortation or admonition. Hear the instruction of thy father. And forsake not the law of thy mother. Is all, all you young people listening? Yes. It's imperative. It's imperative that you understand that God requires you to be obedient and honor your parents. Right. Obedient to and honor your parents. Without question. Imperative. That's all that's required of you. There's a good reason for that. He said, Hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. If you follow, if you, if you humble yourself, You understand. That's the, that's, that's the process. That's the responsibility. That's the obligation we have as, as a father and as a mother. To be able, of course, we all know that, don't we hear? Don't we know that? In, in, the book of, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, that we're supposed to teach the law to our children. What does it say? Diligently. <coughs> We're to talk about him when we get up. We're to talk about him if we go out of the way. We're to talk about him when we lay down. We're supposed to teach our children diligently. Everything about the word. Everything. Man. How much time do you devote to the reading of God's word? To just sharing some scripture with your children, just somehow giving them some simple instruction, just letting them know that this is what it's all about. How much time do you devote to that? Today's world, we spend more time in front of the flat screen, we spend more time in front of, on the iPad, on our phones, on our devices than we do. Amen. No wonder we're, our minds are so full of garbage. No wonder we have attitude problems. No wonder why we're disobedient. Because we're picking up all those behavior patterns, all the worldly principles. We're, we're letting our kids get a hold of that. And that's why and people go, well, why is my child like that? So our responsibility, our responsibility as a father 
as a mother hear the instruction of thy father God's plan for the family is for the father is for the father to instruct the father to correct the father to chastise sometimes my mom my dad wasn't around my mom kind of stepped into that role of chastisement <laughs> especially when she didn't want a certain attitude to prevail and it was like wow my mom of course everybody in here got to know my mom you knew my mom she was younger in her time she was short about five two i think she wasn't that tall but there she was looking up at us and it was like even though we looked down at her it was like don't you dare <laughs> and my mom was a lady but man she had a good backhand <laughs> just catch you off guard just kind of not one word was said you might find it hard to believe but that's just the way it was you know why? You know why we never talked back to my mom? You know why we never talked back to my dad, my grandparents? You know, you know why? Because if we even tried, guess what? My dad would take us. And I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about discipline. Somebody says, I never ever experienced that in my life. Well, you must have been an angel. Yeah, right. Or your dad was a coward. Yeah. Right. And so that's what would happen, you know, you, you, to fulfill that that role. And you know, I know sometimes it gets difficult, especially with little ones. My my little grandson here, Cyrus. He's he's not he's not bad. He just you know, as long as his parents are consistent with him, he'll learn. They just need to you know give him a little guidance. He, he's all right. All children are like that. Yes. But it's it's you it's you parents that need to learn how. And why is it that you're so afraid? Yes. Especially you fathers. Step in that role of being the father. Huh? You're to instruct. You're to teach. You're the high priest of your family. So that's your responsibility. That's what you have to do. Hey, to me, that's better than throwing a bunch of junk in front of them. And so, so here's the thing. So he says... According to this, the father's role is to, to instruct, to correct, to chastise. And the mother is to teach behavior, behavioral and godly principles. 
Now here's the thing. It's kind of it's it's kind of metaphorically. It's it's written metaphorically because you see that you see where it says you do that for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Somebody says, well, what does that mean? An ornament of grace to thy head and chains about thy neck. So he's drawing you a picture metaphorically. Remember, Hebrew is an acrostic language. So what that means, there's a meaning inside that statement there, what he's saying. There's a meaning inside. And we have to understand what that meaning is. Why did he use such beautiful language to say that, hey, it's going to be grace to thy head and a chain to thy neck. Wow, what kind of... I mean, that's, a, that's really a good way of you know, showing as long as you teach your child, this is what's going to happen to them. They're going to, they're going to, it's going to be grace to the head and it's going to be changed about the... You know what that means? God will give them favor. God will give them favor. <clears throat> favor. God will favor them. Favor their life. Everything about them. They'll be able to. They'll be able to think right. Yes. Oh, here's it. Did I, did I tell you what? Okay, I'll, I'll come back to it. Okay. So when we do that, when we do that, as far as, you know, what he, what he started off in saying at the beginning, where he said that uh, uh, having a quiverful, since we're talking about children, teaching, instruction, having a quiverful means this. When we train our children, what does the Bible say in, 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 in uh, Proverbs 22, 6? What does the Bible say? Train up a child in the way that he shall go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So you're supposed to train up a child in the way he should go. Man, if you train him upright, it's not going to be too much of a burden when he's out on his own and the way he goes. It's not going to be too much of a burden for you. Because you know he's going to be okay. That's that grace. That grace, you know, like he said, the grace that shall be an ornament of grace. You see that? An ornament of grace. An ornament of grace. So when you, when you talk about something that is an ornament, what do you, what do you think of? A decoration? An honor, something that's honored. To honor you for something. Some, yeah, it's honored. Yep. It's something, now listen to this. They're both right. It's something that you put on. Right. Something that is put on you. So an ornament of grace is, guess what? Because of the instruction, they're going to put on. God is going to bless them because they've been taught. They've learned. Now get this, a part of learning, and you all know this because your parents know this, a part of learning is chastisement. <laughs> There's times that when we're not learning, guess what little chastisement? Ooh, put 
you right back in that place. Get your mind right in that place. So that ornament of grace upon his head, he's going to learn. It's going to to guide him. It's going to be his counselor. It's going to direct him or her. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, And I didn't mean to get away from it. I don't think I explained it to you. But when he was talking about having a quiver full. Now, this is the process of instruction. This is the process of, amen, teaching our children. This is a process of training them up in the way that they go. So when he likened to a, to a quiver full, this is what happens. The purpose that is fulfilled in the training of children, according to the Hebrew, will create a service, listen to this, a service of defending and protecting family values and structure. So that's what it means by having a quiver full. And what does the Bible say? He will talk with the enemy in the gates. Wouldn't it be nice to know that your children will always defend their values? Family structure. Wouldn't it be nice that they would always stand for it? See, that's the whole process of that learning. Praise God. So it says, uh, it says this, uh, I'm, I'm going over, so I better, I better kind of, uh, praise God. So he, he says, uh, an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. So he talks about chains. When you look at that word, you know what that means? To adorn, to adorn and, and when you think about chains, somebody's probably thinking about chains or shackles. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about chains. You know, he says it's a necklace, a beautiful necklace that is worn. That is a sign or a symbol of you being blessed and under submission to your parents. Praise God. Why is this important? Satan is and has waged waged war on the family. Tearing down the structure of the home and of the family. His mission is to defile and distort the true image of the family and God who created it. Ask yourself the question. All you children, all you that are having troubles, all of you that are just, why is it we should never ever experience any kind of, uh, how would I say, disconnection with our loved ones, with our family. Even any kind of, you know, feeling alienated, like they're not part of. That's not what God called for the family to be. We should be a family that, praise God, is close-knit and together and having unity and harmony throughout the home. It's really important for us to understand that. 
if you want to be honest and truthful about this, we're the last institution, we're the last group that believes in what a family should be. Yeah. Yes. So we need to do what we can to stand for it. Thank you very much for your patience. God bless you. Hallelujah. There will be rehearsal tomorrow night.